0: You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode 60 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. I'm presenting this episode outside on my porch in the middle of the night and it's raining, but luckily I have a bit of roof to protect me. And I'm wondering, have you ever heard about something called cryptocurrency or perhaps Bitcoin? Well, in this episode, I am pleased to have as a guest Torsten Hoffman, who is the producer and director of the award-winning documentary Bitcoin, The End of Money as We Know It. And we will talk about money, cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. But before we start, let's just have a listen to the trailer.
1: Look closely. What do we all have in common? No matter what corner of the world you live in, you need food, water, shelter and money. Half of every transaction involves money in exchange for goods or services, stocks, a loaf of bread, illegal drugs. You gotta pay for it. We spend much of our lives chasing money to make a living and accomplish our dreams. But it's also an instrument of destruction. Some might say evil, driving criminals to lie, steal, and even
2: murder. The existing banking system extracts enormous value from society and it is parasitic in nature.
1: Money is a catalyst for the worst and the best of human endeavor. Before civilization, we created currency, fuel for wars, the path to power, champion and enemy of innovation. Money is so integral to our society and our global economy that its true nature remains a mystery to most. This is the story of money. Perhaps the end of money as we know it. No matter how fat your bank account or how thin your wallet, to us it's all cold hard cash. There are some who want to kill it. Get rid of it. Burn your dollars, your euros, your yen and transform every penny you have into ones and zeros digital currency entrusted to the web and computers spread across the planet magic internet money it's called cryptocurrency bitcoin invented in secret it was a gift to the world
3: it's not just a currency but it's actually programmable money
1: a potential curse on bankers
3: and there's nothing that the, the big banks or politicians can
1: do to stop it breaking every government's grip on money supply What the Internet did for information, Bitcoin is doing for money.
3: Could it be the new gold? Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, you have to
2: really stretch your uh, imagination to infer what the intrinsic value of Bitcoin is. Regulators, the Federal Reserve, the banking system at least understand this is a thing that they have to take seriously. This is going to change the economic culture. Bitcoin could be a microeconomic miracle worker. And it could be a macroeconomic wrecking ball. Is Bitcoin
1: the currency of the future? A godsend for criminals? Or a recipe for financial disaster? If you trust your money just as it is, we have a little story to share.
0: So thank you for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Um, And it's a pleasure to talk to you. So uh, just briefly uh, tell the listeners uh, who you are and what you do.
3: Sure. So my name is Torsten Hoffman. I'm um, a German who moved to Australia about four years ago and I'm an entrepreneur in the media industry. So I um, work with documentary filmmakers and I um, also work with a lot of startups here and um, then suddenly I discovered that Bitcoin um, thing (laughs) and uh, decided that this will be the perfect topic for my first film. So this is actually the first film that I wrote, directed and produced
0: and it was quite uh, a successful film uh, from what i gather winning
3: many awards yeah so i mean um yes and no so i mean it's 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 always easy in the in the internet right to say oh i'm a big success and wow we've been you know winning awards and things like that but um there a lot of things have also gone wrong, and I'm I'm very happy to share with you a, a few um, stories about that later. But um, yes, so the the film, um, the end of money as we know it, has um, been released last July, and um, yeah, the internet really liked it, and it, it went viral, and you know our our YouTube and and every everything our Twitter is is really really active, um, and we won three awards, um, two in at the Freedom Fest in La- La- Las Vegas, which is like this big libertarian. Um, get together and um, yeah so overall it was I think it was a success however um, um, what didn't maybe work out so well is um, my my business model was obviously to have um, downloads and like paid views um, um, for the documentary because I thought this, this topic will be interesting to people um, but what I found out is that my audience is also the same audience that uses a lot of those um, piracy um, um, software and BitTorrent on all these things. So yes, the the, the film was watched a lot, but um, a lot of it, ninety nine percent, was illegal views, which then really didn't help me to make the money back. So that was maybe the only thing that didn't work out so well for me.
0: Maybe you can use uh, the the viral success of your film to to get the second film going. So maybe it can be you can get paid that way. Hopefully.
3: Yes, exactly. And, and you're absolutely right. Because I mean, um, um, you know, I, I, as a filmmaker, as a first time filmmaker, I, I should be happy that people watch the film and that they, that they like the topic. So I'm, I'm not, you know, angry or ha- have a grudge. And you're absolutely right. So I can, I can use that to, to um, make my second film or maybe even go to TV channels or, you know, people like Netflix and say, hey, listen, this film is so popular on the internet. Um, um, do you want to license it? So, so that's, that's the plan. You're absolutely right.
0: Well yeah I've seen uh, I've seen Sightgeist uh, on Netflix so it wouldn't be uh impossible I think um because your film is more professional than Sightgeist if you've seen that film um I think
3: yeah and it and it, it it's it, it keeps coming up it's like the same type of um audience almost so yeah it's it's a good point
0: so it, the the film is about bitcoin it's a documentary so for people who maybe have heard bitcoin but don't really understand it, can you explain just in simple terms if that's possible what what is bitcoin?
3: Yeah, sure. Um and that's that's a tough question. So, um the easiest way to um to to explain bitcoin is that it's digital internet money. Um but it is much more complex than that. But um if you imagine um that compare the old system of telephones with Skype, the technology that we use now, or compare um, um, the old system of, of the, the post and mailing letters to the to um, email, um, that sort of thing is is what what Bitcoin is to money. Um, pe- people kind of compare that, and um, the the interesting thing about Bitcoin is that it's um, really not um, regulated by anyone, which is. A good thing, but it can also be a bad thing and um, um it has been highly controversial and When I started making the film, um bitcoin was considered to be this um, uh, yeah radical idea and and people use it for drug money and for illegal purposes and and money laundering and all these things um but as time goes on and if you if you look at the press now, um you see that the, the banks and the governments are actually taking bitcoin more and more seriously, so now it's actually an accepted technology still with a lot of problems and with a little bit of um you know gray areas but actually it it's 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 becoming part of the internet infrastructure so it's it's um yeah quite quite an interesting and very complex technology
0: and that's also if you if bitcoin wants to become more mainstream they they have to make it somehow even easier to buy and sell them because it's still quite complicated. I mean, when I bought my first bitcoin, I had I had to google a bit before I, you know, could do it. You know, I had to investigate. So it's it's still not as easy as it could be. It should be as easy as buying a song on iTunes or something.
3: Absolutely right. And 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 you you mentioned one key key point is um people have to find out and research themselves and, that, and that's part of the reason why I made that film to, to you know, make people understand what is money and what is Bitcoin and um, user friendliness I think is a key component to making Bitcoin more um uh, massly adopted um, but there's a few other things as well like um how governments react to it how banks um, kind of implemented how uh, much volatility there is right at the at the early days bitcoin's like uh, one day it was up and the next day it, it was it was down and it was a lot of um, problems like this um, and also i think um the image right i mean in, Every time now you hear and read about Bitcoin, it's always about negative things, about um, people getting scammed or about uh, you know, this, this thing going bankrupt or this thing going bust. And you always hear Bitcoin in a negative sense. And I think it's, um, it's our job as, as journalists, and you are in a way a journalist as well, to, to you know, make, make people um, um, open their eyes and to, to new ideas. And I think Bitcoin is a perfect example for that.
0: Yeah and I also think it's funny every time they say negative things about bitcoin because all the negative things they say about bitcoin is not like those things can't be said about normal money you know
3: yeah, yeah. and that's that's actually a very nice summary i have one quote uh, by a guy um uh, he's he's called the bitcoin jesus and and he he says uh, in the film he says something like well People try to criticize um, Bitcoin because people buy drugs with it and um, people launder money with it. But if you look at it, most money laundering and most criminal activities happen with the U.S. dollars, and and it's true, right? I mean, it's it's, it's obviously true. So any currency, any any money that you'll use. Um, if it, if it's going to be useful, you better be able to buy drugs. Otherwise, it wouldn't be useful, right? If if it's um, if it's it's a, a currency that works, then some people will use it for illegal purposes, just like normal money is uh, itself.
0: The interesting the interesting thing with Bitcoin is also it's not only that you can use it for money. Uh, I'm out of my depth now, so I can't really explain how it works. But the, basically, the algorithm and the the structure behind Bitcoin, the code, can be used for like if you want to make a secure voting scheme or send other things, other information in a secure way from what I understand?
3: Yes, and that is really, really interesting. I didn't really cover it so much in in, in my film, but um, let me try to explain it. I'm not, I'm not a technical person myself, but, but I've spent a lot of time researching it. So the, the core of the Bitcoin technology is called the blockchain. And the blockchain is... Software code, open source co- software code, that for the first time enables um, to have unique um, y- unique properties. You you can you can have something um, that that is not forged and it's not. Um, uh, duplicated, so uh, not like um, songs or other data which on the internet you can copy and paste it immediately right there's no cost to to copying your email a million times or something, but with a blockchain through that system of distributed um, 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 uh, computers all over the world, they all run the same ledger this blockchain, um, you actually can own one unique piece of that blockchain and, and and that is what is interesting for money because you know if somebody could copy or steal your your, your coins that's that wouldn't be any good so it must be a unique piece of of in that digital wall um, um, ledger and um, you can tie it into money because you can trade those unique things um but you can also do other things with it so let's say you um you s- you want to prove that oh you signed this contract um or you want to prove that um uh, this this piece of digital art belongs to me or you want to prove that this vote is uh, um, matched to one person then you can use the, the the bitcoin um blockchain to do that and i think um most people have not really understood this and most, uh, most entrepreneurs are just trying to understand what we can do other than this money um, application. What, what else can we do with the blockchain?
0: And it's basically just a, a code or an algorithm that some guy or a group, we don't know, invented, right?
3: Yeah, so that's that's the, the little bit controversial um, genesis of, of Bitcoin, but it's basically a guy, he called himself Satoshi Nakamoto, um, he came up with it, um, developing it after a couple of years, and then ju- he just released it on the internet um, and said, look, this is Bitcoin, it's an open source peer-to-peer payment mechanism, have a look, play around with it. And, um it, it wasn't perfect, and you know people uh, improved it and uh, continue to improve it every single day. It's an open source um, um, technology that people can just look and improve on. Just like, by the way, how the internet is run. The internet is mostly run by open source software that someone you know put out, and then it it, it gets better and better and more secure, more and more secure over time. And um, th- that is, of course, also what conspiracy people say, well, who is this Satoshi? I mean, is he is he maybe the US government or is he maybe a criminal mastermind or is he maybe, uh, you know, nobody knows who he is. But um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because the, the 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 system seems to work. And at the moment, the system is worth, um, you know, all bitcoins together is worth maybe $6 billion. So it's still very small if you compare it to a technology, uh, if you compare it to a currency. But if you compare to you know other technologies, six billion dollar um, invention—that's that's quite significant—and a lot of those big um, software companies in Silicon Valley, a lot of the big Wall Street bankers in, in New York um, are now pouring money into it. So it seems something is there—that's for sure.
0: And uh, there's also something called mining. So all the bitcoins has to be mined or discovered, or and that's very complicated to get into, but. I read recently that they've mined. Uh, it's only a third left, right, to mine.
3: Yes, correct. And 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 you know now it's I think a good time to talk a little bit about money and not so much about Bitcoin. Because yes, you're absolutely right. Bitcoins are limited in supply, which means that um, there's only going to be 21 million bitcoins. That's all the algorithm will ever release. That's that's it. But in our normal money systems, if you look at the central bank statistics, the money supply keeps getting up. So it's a logarithmic curve upward, which means that the, the individual dollar or euro or whatever you hold is going down over time because there's going to be more and more. And uh, um, each individual unit will be worth less and less. And Bitcoin is designed just the other way around. So the, the the curve will slow down and there will be a maximum cap of 21 million. And as you rightly say, two-thirds of those have already been created or mined um and the theory behind it okay now now comes the investment angle is well if people start adopting bitcoin more and more if it's going to be a useful technology and it's going to be fewer and fewer new ones being released then each bitcoin should be valuable more and more that that's the theory it doesn't need to be uh, um, um necessarily true but that's the theory and um now towards your question about how Bitcoin's are created or mined. Um, it's actually quite a complicated um, process, but it's smarter than how our regular money is is being printed. Because our regular money, um, in the in the central banks, is just being printed, just like this. Um, or what most people don't realize is our banks, our you know, city banks and Deutsche banks and and those those normal. Uh, banks on on your high street—they actually have the, create, the the power to create money. If you lend money, um, uh, if you borrow money, sorry, if, uh, for a house loan, um, those one billion dollars are created out of nothing. So that's that's the system we live with. and People don't believe it. I also didn't believe it, but it's actually the truth. So our current money system, money is just being created out of thin air. Whereas in Bitcoin, the new bitcoins are being created by miners, which are computing network uh, nodes um, for processing transactions. That's basically their function. So they get rewarded for their function to you know, process all these and keep the network secure. Um, and, and as a reward, they get new, freshly minted uh, Bitcoin, so to speak.
0: I, I uh, tried to explain it to a friend once, and I don't know if this is a good metaphor, but I explained mining like we talked earlier when somebody downloads a film illegally or legally, but usually it's illegally. If they download a film, they can choose to seed it so other people can download it quicker or they can choose not to seed. And I guess seeding in a way is a simple version of mining. You kind of like s- a- add power to the network so you get paid for in Bitcoin for doing that, for uh, putting computer power to keep check of these ledgers. That's how I understand it. <laughs>
3: yes, I, th- I think it's a very good um, 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 comparison. Maybe actually Skype is similar, isn't it? Um, you, you may know more about it. But I think the more people are having Skype on in the background, the more stable the whole network gets. And, and the internet itself, the more servers um, um, are somewhere around the pl- planet and the more stable it gets. And that's why um, when people ask, oh, so can Bitcoin ever be shut down, um, in theory, yes, but you would have to shut down the internet basically all over the, the, the planet, which is highly unlikely and, and poss- probably not even possible because some people will still run a few servers that are outside the, the normal ISPs and government control. Um, and, and now they're talking about um, sending little Bitcoin miners up in space. So it's completely you know outside the realm of, of governments. Um, um, but yeah, I think it's a good comparison.
0: Also, another reason to watch this documentary you've made is, I mean, you, you, you could care less about Bitcoin, but you would still enjoy the, the, the documentary because actually it's like a history of money. So I think actually it actually talks more about the money, our normal money, than it does about Bitcoin. So it's very good going from the beginning of money to our present day.
3: Yeah, and and thanks for saying that. Um, so so you're right, more, uh, about 35 minutes of those 60 minutes are really about the history of money. I, I didn't plan to do it, but as more I research about Bitcoin, the more I realized actually we have to talk about money and everything that's wrong with our current money system. And I think I really liked what you just said. You said that even if you don't believe in Bitcoin and you think it's a scam, you think it's, you know, nonsense um, – that that's fine and i and i try not not to be too much pro bitcoin there there are a few critics in the film to have it a bit more balanced but i think it's really important for all us, for all of us to understand that our current money system has serious serious flaws and one of them is inflation and how you know more and more money is being um, um uh, created and printed and and this is this is just not a system that's that's very good
0: still i think uh, bitcoin is still underground uh, they they talk about, and I've been reading a lot on the internet lately, that 2016 is going to be the year when Bitcoin becomes mainstream, where most people find, find out about it. But every time I mention Bitcoin to somebody on the street, they just go, what? What's that? So it still seems like a bit far away. It's usually like uh, computer nerds or underground people who are still aware of Bitcoin, but the average Joe, Joe is completely unaware
3: i think i think you're right that's that's going to be the same in most countries and um you know maybe bitcoin is not what we originally thought it will be maybe it's not money that we will all suddenly use and we will all have bitcoins on our handphones and smartphones and and use them to buy a sandwich maybe the, the the future of bitcoin is more as an underlying technology behind Payment transfers and and other transactions on the internet. So, for example, at the moment, if I wanted to send you from here from Australia um, to Europe some money, I, you know, I would go to my bank, then it would go to an intermediary bank, then it, and it would take three days, and it will cost fifty dollars just to send you, let's say, hundred dollars um, in fees. And that's clearly a system that's. Uh, nonsensical so so maybe the the banks, the existing banks will start to realize oh maybe we can use Bitcoin in the middle piece here and to to save ourselves some cost but also to to pass on um, um, to the customers. Um, so you might we might not even know that we're using bitcoins uh, because at the end of it is still our normal fiat currencies that could be uh, one option and that's actually very similar to telephones again um when the, the telephone uh, networks they saw this internet thing they laughed at it and they said nobody will ever take this seriously but but now if you if you make a phone call um 90% of them the likelihood is that in the middle piece of it actually some ip some internet traffic will be used um even though it still comes out as a regular phone call on on both ends of of that um, supply chain
0: yeah exactly and I mean, um, you don't really need to pay for a phone call anymore if you if you have
3: Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I mean, that's that's obviously um, then replacing telephones altogether, and that's what we're doing now with with, with Skype. Yeah. yeah, you're right. And and but maybe maybe it's not only money. Maybe maybe the the real um, applications for Bitcoin is to to digitally prove things um and bake them into the blockchain. So voting could be one or patents or other other applications that we can't even think of um, at the moment. Um, so so it, it may not be a consumer-facing money that everybody uses. Maybe it's 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 going to be something else. Similar like when the internet came out um 20 years ago, people thought, oh you know, these are the the three applications that the internet will enable. But but now we have we have tools and technologies that we couldn't think of twenty years ago. Uh, and I think it might be similar with Bitcoin.
0: Yeah, especially when it comes to democracy, because the biggest problem with democracy, I think, is that it's representative. So you always have to trust the guy you elect. So it would be nice if they could use some sort of Bitcoin kind of technology to make uh, the more direct democracy so people could easily just log into their phone and vote on whatever needs to be voted for that week in a simple way so it would be more direct. and Then it's easier also to blame ourselves if we (laughs) vote the wrong way. Now we can blame the the guy we voted on instead.
3: Yeah, actually, I discussed this with one of my colleagues. Um, a film like the end of democracy as we know it, because uh, that could be a very interesting um, uh, documentary to make. Um, I'm not an expert on that, but I think yeah, yeah you're right. And and again, I mean, this this is an early stage technology. If you, if you bought your bitcoins a couple of years ago, or I bought mine a couple of years ago, we are early adopters, and this you know nobody would say. You know, spend a lot of money on it. It's 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 a very high risk, and you might lose everything. But if it works out, it might also be um, a very smart investment decision looking back. But it's it's uh, you know way too early to 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 see where this is going. Some people say it's uh, Bitcoin will change the world and will disrupt all the banks and all the governments. And some people are more realistic and more, um, um, you know, not as optimistic and say, well, you know, it's an interesting technology, but it won't change the entire world.
0: I don't know if it was from your documentary or uh, I read it somewhere else, but there was this thing where the big mistake people do is they buy Bitcoin and then they sit on it. So if you want your Bitcoin to be worth something, you should use it which is a bit of a contradiction because then you lose it. But the more people spend Bitcoin, the more valuable it gets. So, But the problem now is many people buy Bitcoin and then they sit on it and wait and hope.
3: Yeah, and, and I think it was part of, of, of um, my film and I think that's a valid criticism. So one of those skeptics is said, well, you know, Bitcoin might be a good idea in theory, but if everybody's just buying it just to keep it, then it's not really a currency. Um, And and I think that's a fair point. And and, um, again, maybe there's not enough applications yet. There's not enough stores that accept bitcoins. You can't buy your your songs on iTunes yet. You can't um, use bitcoins on on Amazon.com yet. And there, there are some middleman companies that offer you those services but it's not as easy that brings brings you back to your original point about user friendliness it's bitcoin at the moment is too hard to get and too hard to understand and it's not easy to use so yeah
0: they have to come up with some technology that makes the actual code like a word or something i don't know how that would work but you know like in the old days the url of the websites were very complicated and now you can just call them whatever you want
3: yeah, yeah. I don't know, you know, I'm I'm a filmmaker who was fascinated about this topic and um I have to be honest, we we nobody really knows the answers. It's certainly a super promising technology and and people should well, start to question money and maybe, you know, open their minds to something like Bitcoin.
0: Do you think that I guess it's the Federal Reserve in America who is the major player of all the banks in the whole world? I guess they have a big big power position do you think they uh, like bitcoin or dislike
3: um yeah so so when i started making the film 2 years ago most central banks were very very anti bitcoin they said well this this cannot possibly work how can a currency without any backing um um you know create value and all these things but as time goes on, um, one paper you can just Google it: Bank of England Bitcoin or something like that. Um, they basically said, um, and the Bank of England is the oldest central bank in the in the world. They basically said, hmm, Bitcoin is a very interesting technology that might um, improve the way we um, transfer assets and and store value and 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 all these things. So so even the policymakers and the regulators are starting to open their, their mind. Um, again, I don't think that Bitcoin will uh, abolish the pound and, and, and implement Bitcoin. That's not going to happen. But um, it is it is an indication that that people are starting to take Bitcoin a bit more serious. And I think the Fed – there's very smart people at, this, at the Fed – no doubt, um, others have political agendas, and and the problem with our money system at the moment is um, politicians always have the incentive to create more money because um, the more money you create, the less value one unit is. So you can pay off your old debt cheaper, and you need that new fresh money for you know to spend on wars, to spend on healthcare, to spend on um, um, you know all these other programs that polit- politicians um, like to spend their money on. So Uh, yeah it's a tough problem it's a very very tough problem
0: maybe one trick uh, if you want to buy bitcoin but you don't want to spend it but you still want to create value you can if a group of friends each buy a bitcoin and then just can keep sending it to each other in a circulation maybe that i don't know if that would generate any value but it would look like it's moving around it anyway
3: yeah, I'm, I'm also looking at these charts that show how much um Bitcoins actually being transacted and changing their owners and are they really or is it just some of those very, very rich Bitcoin billionaires from the early days that are sending money back and forth their own wallets, right? I mean, <laughs> we don't know. You could just send it to your own self back and forth automatically, you know, a hundred times a day. Um would that create value? Obviously not. It's just kind of forging statistics. Um, but then then again, in, we, we can't really see all the transaction because already now we have Bitcoin banks or now we call them Bitcoin exchanges. Someone like um, Coinbase is the largest one in the world. It's silicon valley and wall street backed startup um, um, uh, based in, in america and they have millions of users and those users are using and buying bitcoins all the time and it's one of the big success stories in the, in the world of bitcoin but when those users buy and spend bitcoins you can't really see it in the statistics because, it, because it's all within coinbase and coinbase in a, in a, in a way is a bitcoin bank and which is great, so you have these professional companies now that are successful. But it's also, if you think about it, wasn't hmm, Bitcoin created to disrupt banks? So we don't need banks anymore. We can exchange money just like we exchange information. We don't need middlemen. Um, and so it's it's a little bit of uh, good and bad here. And and yeah, those those statistics is is one way you can see it that that we can't actually um, um, know. The, the, the true value of, of all Bitcoin transaction, because already there are middlemen who are kind of hiding those those statistics.
0: Also, in the end, value is like a personal choice. So even if nobody uses Bitcoin, you can still it can still have value if people choose to give it value. I always have this example of if you're in the desert and you don't have anything to drink, you would value water more than a suitcase of money. So, it just depends on what you want.
3: Yeah, and and the, it, that gets very fast. Uh, you, you go into philosophical kind of um, angles about money, but you're absolutely right. I mean, um, money, itself, even gold itself, right? I mean, um, the oldest sort of money in the world, but if you think about it, it's just one element that is, uh, you know, uh, 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 shiny and some pe- people put value on it, but... It might have been another element, or um, it, yeah, dollars might be very useful uh, if you are in the civilized world and you can shop. But in the desert, it doesn't get you anything. And so, it's so it's it's really about a, a tool that enables trade, um, a, a means of exchange. Basically, we use money, um, so we don't have to to. You know, barter stuff because your car's worth more than my computer, and we 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 can't. You know, you don't want to break up your car in order to get my computer. Those those kind of things. You you need something in between. And and the the Bitcoin ledger for sure is the most advanced and the most um, technologically sophisticated ledger and means of exchange that has ever been invented. Um, and and the question of value. I mean, I think um, already now. The Bitcoin exchanges and there's enough traffic, enough exchanges happening that it it truly reflects the current value of Bitcoin. At the moment, it's, let me just check on the internet here. Um, At the moment, one Bitcoin is worth um, $390. $390. and you know there's there's hundreds and hundreds of transactions happening every every minute. And it, you know if somebody doesn't want to pay three hundred ninety dollars, well then you know the price will will go down. So it's it's demand and supply driven.
0: So there's only twenty one million Bitcoin when they're all mined, but this doesn't mean it's the value of like twenty one million dollars or something. Because one Bitcoin could be worth any amount. So it, so if you pretend that the whole world is only using Bitcoin, then maybe one Bitcoin would be worth a million dollars if that was the only currency in use. But so because it's a roof, like you you, ca- you can't make more than 21 million uh, Bitcoin, but you can cut them up. So you can have a tenth of a Bitcoin or a, a quarter of a Bitcoin, like you, you can put them in decimals. But is it like infinite in that way? Downwards?
3: Uh, yeah, it, it's a good question. I thought about this uh, for a while as well. So so yes, the, the total amount of Bitcoins are 21 million. Um, and at the moment, we have created 15 million out of those already. So these are in circulation, if you will. Um, and one Bitcoin is worth, roughly speaking, $400. Now you could say, well, that's one Bitcoin, but I can own 0.01 Bitcoin, so it's only worth $4. Um, and I could own 0.0000001, um and it's, it's worth even lesser than that. Um, and at the moment, in the Bitcoin protocol, it's possible to um, have eight digits. So it's basically one Bitcoin can be divided into 100 million units. Um, and your question now is, well, isn't that diluting, right? Isn't, doesn't that make the 21 million much, much more into billions and billions? Um, but it's, it's not really because look at gold, right? So there's a certain amount of gold in the world, I don't know, a thousand tons. I, I don't know the, the number, um, but what we trade is kilograms or ounces or then you go into a jewelry shop and you cut it down into, you know, your little um, ring or like a earring or whatever it is and then you cut it down further and then at, at the end of it is just one atom of gold, right? But but just because you can make cut it smaller, it doesn't mean that a ton of gold is worth more or less. I mean, it, it's just it, – it's still – Part of that same supply and that, which is capped. Um, so, so the answer to your question is no. The the dilution uh, it, it's not dilutive, um, but it makes it just more easy to to use as a currency. So you don't have to invest four hundred dollars. You can just invest four dollars if you want to start getting into the Bitcoin space.
0: Oh, I never thought of it like that. So yeah, that's true. The original amount is still worth the same, no matter how much you cut it up. Um. Could you talk a bit about, you mentioned it a bit in the documentary, but I think that's the most interesting part for me is the when it comes to uh, poor people, people in dictatorships and people living in like what you call the underdeveloped world and what Bitcoin can mean for them.
3: Yes, Um And that is really where it it gets interesting because let's face it, in Australia or in in Europe or in the US, our money system is quite good and our banks are relatively good, right? Um, I mean, we don't really have a problem with money. Um, However, in in the developing world, the situation is completely different. Um, There are banks who... Who rob you out of your savings. There are governments um, like Zimbabwe or, or Venezuela, right, that have inflations of thousands and thousands of percent. So you can't, uh, um, you, you, there's no way to store value. You lose money. The, the minute you get the money, it's it's already w- worth half of it. Um, Argentina has that every five years, right, and and people <laughs> um, um, are buying cars just as a store of value because otherwise the, the, the money would, would lose value. Um yeah and in, in those kind of scenarios bitcoin is actually a very very good tool against inflation um and also a lot of these very poor countries let's say in africa um they get most of their um their uh, money i'm trying not to use the word money but they they they're getting most of their their cash inflow from um workers that are working abroad so let's say the um immigrant um, in in, in Germany from Nigeria, he works a a job at a restaurant and he sends back money to Nigeria to feed his family and to support his family there. Um, And that money transfer actually costs him a lot of money. So a Western Union is is one popular or leading um, service that people use. And um, if he sends back $200, maybe um, $40, $50 of that, 25%, 30% of that will be fees. that that he has to pay to um, Western Union and using Bitcoin of course everything is for free so um, once we have built the infrastructure that actually it's easy in all these countries to get to buy and sell bitcoins um, you can get rid of these middlemen who take up large large chunks of money mm-hmm. and and f- for you and me it's not really a problem because we rich and, uh, we live in rich countries and we don't really care about 20 dollars but for for uh, a family in ethiopia 20 dollars might be you know feeding your your family for a whole month so so um, in in those countries it is believed um, the the promise of Bitcoin is much more valuable than it is in our Western world. And um, I think it's it, that's that's interesting. Um, um, and, and maybe those people will go through more um, hassle to use Bitcoin. We, maybe it's not user-friendly enough for us here, but maybe um, in Africa or in Venezuela where the money is so bad, it's much easier, the threshold is much easier to get people excited about Bitcoin.
0: Maybe they're already in existence, but... Uh, there are many charities in Africa who try to help those people they should be like they should maybe have courses in using bitcoin and maybe uh, instead of digging a well maybe they should put up uh, bitcoin um, like ATM machines or something so people can receive the bitcoin and then transform it to cash because I guess you can't use the bitcoin if you want to buy rice or whatever But maybe that's something charities should focus a bit more than they do
3: yeah, uh, I agree with you. I, I don't know much about this space, but but um uh, one example would be in in Kenya, right, where this this mobile mobile money has has um, been very very successful and that's basically um M-Pesa, the M-Pesa system. Um that's basically a a system that just kind of emerged of how how people started to using um cell phone minutes or so call credits as a form of currency because it's it's better and easier to use than than their shitty local currency and then suddenly instead of buying with um, uh, your shekels or shillings or whatever you start trading with cell phone minutes so these people are very sophisticated they they know how alternative uh, currencies work and they they, they use smartphones uh, you know just as much as as we do in the West so and, and that's why people think um, yeah maybe maybe bitcoin's future is in Africa or somewhere in Asia Mm-hmm. and not necessarily um, in australia or europe
0: did you fund your documentary with uh, like uh, crowdfunding
3: um yes we did so we we um had a small kickstarter maybe two years ago now um we asked for ten thousand dollars and we received Seventeen thousand. So it was a very successful um, crowdfunding campaign. Um, overall, I think I spent about seventy thousand um, dollars on making the film because we we produced in Toronto, in New York, in London, in Melbourne, in you know all over the world, and um, it's actually quite expensive to buy footage. So we. As you will remember, we have some footage from Bloomberg Television and some some little you know historic pieces, and it's actually quite expensive to put it all together. Um, and so, um, like I said earlier, so even though the film was a success financially, I'm I'm definitely still behind, and um, it's still <laughs> a long way off uh, for me to make to make money on that film.
0: But people can, uh, even though they downloaded it and saw it illegally, they can still if they like it, uh, donate right? So because uh, I noticed you had donation button on your website.
3: Yeah, and, and and to be fair, maybe we didn't do a good enough job of of educating people where they can download the film legally and where to donate. Uh, but but yes, we have a donate um, a donation um, um, address, um, and uh, we are on iTunes and Amazon and Vimeo is our best performing um, channel. And we actually we had a, a relationship with a BitTorrent as well. BitTorrent is a technology that's used for piracy but it's also a, a, a company that offers paid um, bundles they call it so so we, we bundled um, together our film with some of the bonus materials and people can download it there for seven dollars or something like that so um, yeah we're, we're trying um, uh, all we can to to you know make people find us
0: what is the website uh, if people want to go straight to the documentary
3: so the best way is just to to um, just Google the end of money Bitcoin, um, or uh, the the full um, uh, title for the film is Bitcoin: The End of Money as we know it, and then um, you'll find our website, you'll find our Vimeo, you'll find our Twitter and IMDb and Facebook and everything, and and from there it's quite easy to to find the best place.
0: So uh, in the future are you planning to is it documentary films you want to make or do you even want to make uh, fictional films?
3: Yeah, so I'm working on two or three more um documentary projects at the moment and the one that are, is most likely to to happen next is called um the working title is something like virtual reality um, total immersion or science fiction so it's it, it, it's something like that how you know virtual reality the end of reality if you uh, of, uh, how we know it <laughs> kind of like so it's it's again about a technology that some people say will change everything it's a new medium and some people say well it's all science fiction it's it's not really true and I'm I'm very interested uh, professional professionally as well um uh, about virtual reality, I think it's it's very very interesting and, and similar to Bitcoin. It's uh, at an early stage, but it's an exciting time for that technology.
0: I'm very happy that you said you were going to make a film about my uh, probably my favorite subject, <laughs> virtual reality, because I believe that. Uh, well, I I think we there's no uh, there's no avoiding it. If you don't like it, too bad. Uh, that's where it's going. Because I I honestly see that in 10 years, this Skype conversation will be face-to-face and uh, you can have any avatar you like. But, uh, I mean, that's where it's going, I think. And people don't... I mean, initially, the virtual reality will be for video games, but that's, that's how you get everybody hooked. <laughs> but eventually, you know, why wouldn't it be nice to walk around in the... Amazon bookstore and pick which books you want to order with your Bitcoin or talk to people, you know, or on the other side of the planet in an environment 3D, you know, so I think we probably that's where we're heading in my opinion.
3: I think I agree with you. Let me let me ask you a couple of questions, though. What do you think about the user-friendliness? I mean, we just discussed that that was, or that still is, the problem with Bitcoin. Or do you think the first um, Oculuses and the first Samsung Gears are good enough to get people hooked?
0: Well, I'm still uh, waiting to get my hands on the Oculus Rift. Uh, it, it, I don't know if it's been released yet where I am, um, but it's being released... As we speak. Um, uh, so I, I can't really say how good it is. But I've tried like cheap versions. And um, and uh, I think if... The problem with it is it has to be... So when you look at the image, you sh- you should not see any edges. I mean, there shouldn't be any black area. So I don't know how the, how the Oculus Rift is. If you can notice where the screen ends. So... Um, so I don't know if it's like that, but um, but that's just technology that would be easy to to fix. And I think uh, um, uh, I think the virtual reality has a bigger advantage than Bitcoin because video games is such a huge mon- money making market, and uh, that's where it's gonna uh, break first, and that's what people are gonna use it for first, and then it's gonna move into other things no it 's like yeah, it's like YouTube I mean we wouldn 't have YouTube if it wasn 't for the porn industry
3: uh, um, which by the way it 's often the case with the internet with video with Bitcoin with virtual reality that the invention always comes from the fringes like from the porn industry from the drug markets from you know from uh, people uh, i don't know doing doing mostly illegal stuff which is an interesting observation by the way but um um tying this together so i think what most people don't understand is that those kind of technologies are exponential and virtual reality is a very good example of that so it might be a crappy experience now but in 2 years time it will be four times better and in 10 years time it will be I don't know twenty thousand times better you know because it's it's exponential and and similarly tying it back to to Bitcoin, so our current money system that we use with the central banks is hundreds and hundreds of years old the The central banks um, the Fed in America is a hundred years old and they basically still run on those old principles while you know, obviously the, the world and, and the commerce all over the world has changed dramatically over 100 years. And and Bitcoin is a technology that's open source software code and, and can change and, and, and keeps improving and, and changing. And of course, there's problems associating with, with that as well. But inherently, it's just superior to old um, systems that were invented two centuries ago. And, and I think, yeah, that, that's probably a, a good summary of, of what we're facing in, in the world today.
0: And I think uh, many people are always very afraid of new things but I've always embraced it so I'm not a, I want the virtual reality to come as uh, as quick as possible because I think it's very interesting and it could also be very liberating I mean it would be very nice I, I this is this philosopher he said that maybe in a thousand years we'll uh, work in our offices go to our factories and then when the day is done we take off our virtual reality headset and we're living in the Garden of Eden. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I like that. Yeah, exactly. It's it's uh, the other way around, right? The the, wor- the the real work, sorry, the work happens in virtual reality, and and isn't it already true? Most of the work that we do is in front of computers anyway, right? So so it's interesting. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah there's a very good uh, series of books uh, called Otherland. It's a science fiction, uh, maybe I don't know, 15 years ago or something. A bit ahead of its time, but it's about that. It's about a world who's completely embraced virtual reality. And uh, so I recommend that if if somebody wants to read about it. It's kind of like um, Lord of the Rings, but in a virtual reality kind of scenario.
3: <laughs> well, I'll, I will check that out, and maybe that will be my inspiration to start making that other film then.
0: I look forward to it. Then I'll have to talk to you again uh, once it's done. Um, so um yeah, so uh, i'll uh link to the the documentary in the program notes and to the website, um but say it again, so if people want to check it out
3: yes, so um, I'm just sorry there, I'm just looking at my coupon codes I'll just create a new code here for you um live, so um, I have a couple of letters what 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 would be a good abbreviation? To do like uh, what what's what's the like a short form of your or your Twitter handle or something like that? If you uh,
0: oh the Twitter is born alchemist.
3: Okay, let's see whether that that will fill. born alchemist. Yep, that works. So uh, a capital B and a capital A, right? Born alchemist. Yes. Okay, cool. So um, let me just do, hundred and the discount, twenty percent. Sorry about this. I'm doing this as we speak. <laughs> All right, so so um the best way to find the film is on Vimeo, vimeo.com and um we are the the bitcoin documentary on Vimeo and I'll send you the link and if you order the film there you get 20% off by using the promo code bornalchemist b o r n a l c h e m i ST, with a capital B and capital A. So that's a 20% discount code for your listeners.
0: Cool, thank you. I'll I'll write that out in the program notes as well so they don't miss it. Okay, thank you a lot for talking to me.
3: Well, thank you. All the best for the podcast. And yeah, let's talk about virtual reality in a year or so.
0: (laughs) If you want to check out the documentary Bitcoin, The End of Money as We Know It, just go to theendofmoneyasweknowit.com. I found a very nice song to close this episode with. It's called Cryptocurrency Bitcoin Song and it's performed by 13 Inlet. You can check out more of uh, their music at www.13inlet.com and that is 13 written as the number not the word. Uh, I'll post all the relevant links in the program notes on naturalbornalchemist.com as usual. Freedom is in the mind.
2: Our looks different now With the world destroyed by doubt There's no value in your account Seven wise men stand behind What's become a shadow light. The open speck, it's pouring from the sky I know it'll grow there's no stopping the training, it'll go on tonight, the computer's getting tired with all the bonds they're buying, we can save keep it safe sound money it can be